0: Welcome to the Christian Business Concepts with your host, Harold Milby. Christian Business Concepts is dedicated to guiding companies and business owners in becoming effective, efficient, and successful through God's Word and godly principles. Now, here's your host, Harold Milby. I'm so glad that you joined me to, for today's podcast. And, you know, I'd like to talk to you today about how you can multiply yourself through leading by example. You know, there's nothing worse than working for a person who is a uh, do-as-I-say-and-not-as-I-do type person. You know, resentment and bitterness begin to deteriorate the morale within a company or a church or an organization. And, uh, you know, we see this today with politicians. You know, they expect us to live by certain rules when they themselves don't. You know, no wonder people trust politicians less than just about any other profession. You know, when... uh, General George C. Marshall took command of the infantry school at Fort Benning, Georgia. He found that the post was pretty run down, generally. And rather than issue orders for specific improvements, he just simply got out his own paintbrushes, lawn equipment, you know, all that kind of stuff. And he he went to work on his personal uh, quarters. Well, the other officers and the other men... Um, that, that came, you know, and saw what he was doing, uh, they began to do the same thing. And it wasn't too long uh, before Fort Benning was really in good shape, brightened up, looked great. And uh, I'm talking about leadership by example. You know, the quickest way to lose your credibility is to ask your employees or volunteers or something to do things that you're not willing to do. You know, recently, I I say recently, it's really been in the last few years, uh, I was given the additional responsibility of overseeing our warehouse managers and our warehouse operations uh, that were in Indiana and California. And uh, one of the things that I, I did that first year to build my credibility was to come and help the managers and his team do the annual inventory count. Now, it takes about three days to do this, and it's done in August, and temperatures inside the warehouse that month can get up as high as 100 degrees. And to say I did not want to go is an understatement. Uh, Though, you know, I didn't go all three days, but I did show up each morning, and I worked about six to seven hours with them. Well, I later found out from the warehouse managers that the employees talked about this for a week. They couldn't believe that I would come and actually do inventory with them. But I wanted to lead by example. Uh, You know, Mahatma Gandhi, most people know who he is and who he was, but he said one time, he said, be the change you want to see in the world. Employees need something to benchmark against. They need to see examples of the work behavior that we as leaders want them to emulate. You know, in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, he was talking to Timothy, Paul was, and he said, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity or love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He was trying to tell Timothy, lead by example. In uh, the book of Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9, it says, Those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. So what he was saying uh, to the church at Philippi was, Look, look what I did. You know, learn from me. I tried to lead by example, so therefore you do the same. So what leaders and bosses don't understand is that by being a bad role model, abusing power, not following the same rules and regulations you're asking other people to follow, it's going to cause a lack of respect and resentment in you as their leader. In short, they'll only follow you if they absolutely have to because of your position. You know, President Eisenhower, and I love this, I, I love this story, but President Eisenhower, he was always known for sharing his insights on leadership by placing a small string on a table. And pushing the string, he would say, see how the string bunches up and comes to a stop when I push it. Then he would pull the string on the table and say, but when I get in front and pull it, it follows wherever I go. And this is what leading by example is. It's getting out in front and being the example. You know, you you have to prepare yourself to be the example by not thinking of yourself as all that. You know, there's that saying, you're not all that in a bag of chips. Well, let's just be honest. You know, you put your pants on like everybody else does. You're a human being like everybody else. You may have a different position, but let's understand something. The only reason that you are their boss or that leader is because you have put yourself... Through your good work, or through example, or, or however you got there, but you have put yourself in that position, but you've got to understand that you've got to be prepared in your heart of hearts to lead with example. Now, here's a wisdom seed. Being a good leader is about what you do, not who you are. Your title or position doesn't mean you're a good leader. To become a good leader, you've got to learn to lead by example. You know, consciously looking for ways to be a good example. I'm not just talking about, you know, thinking about being a good example. I'm not just talking about if it happens, it happens. I mean consciously look for ways to be a good example. You know, one day I was out walking the parking lot, and uh, there was some paper on the ground, and I noticed two or three people going in the office that day, and they just walked over it. They didn't pick it up. Well, I stopped and I picked up that piece of paper, and I want you to know somebody had been watching me, and they came to me and they said, you know, I was just going to watch and see if you picked up that piece of paper, and uh, sure enough, you know, they told other people, but I didn't do it for that reason. I just did it because it was an opportunity for me to be a good example whether people were looking or not. I didn't know they were looking, but I just did that because I felt like that's what I needed to do. So, you know, prepare yourself by consciously looking for ways to be a good example. You can also prepare yourself by uh, assessing whether you've been a good example up to this point. Look back in your past. Have I been a good example? Ask yourself that question. And you could prepare yourself by making a long-term commitment to lead by example. So what are some of the things that you need to strive to be an example of in order to multiply yourself. Well, this first one is one that I love to talk about. And, uh, you know, I-, I hope you'll get as much out of it as I have over my life. But th- my my first thing or the first topic uh, that you need to lead by example of is, is your attitude. You know, many of you may not have heard of him, but there's a Christian author and teacher by the name of Chuck Swindoll. And he has this saying, or actually a quote, I should say, uh, that I read in one of his books. It says, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than education, than money, than circumstances, than failures, than successes, than what other people think or say or do. It's more important than appearance, giftedness, or scale. It will make or break a company, a church, or even a home. The remarkable thing is uh, uh, that we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past. We cannot change the fact that people act in a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play on the one string we have, and that is our attitude. And he goes on to say this, and this is the quote I use all the time. I am convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react to it. So it is with you. We are in charge of our attitudes. You know, attitude is one of the few things in life we can control. You know, I, I love flying. I, I You know, I'm not a pilot, but I enjoy going up if somebody has an airplane. Our company has a, has a, a jet. Uh, I've been up on the company jet. Uh, in the cockpit, there's all kinds of gauges and everything, but there are two gauges that are particularly important. One is the altimeter, which tells you your altitude, you know, how far off the ground that you are, and the other is the attitude. Now, the attitude gauge lets you know the position of the nose of the plane in relation to the horizon. So if the attitude is up, then the plane climbs higher and increases its altitude. But if it's pointed below the horizon or down, it begins to lose altitude. Now, this same principle works in people's lives. When their attitude is up, they can soar. But if their attitude is negative or down then they are on their way down, and the results are normally not good. Because, see, your attitude affects a lot of things. You know, your attitude affects how you handle problems and conflicts. It affects your relationships. It affects your inspiration. It, uh, it affects your confidence, for sure. And your attitude affects your stress level. And it affects your energy level. So what are some action steps that you can take uh, to help develop a positive attitude? Well, first of all, smile. You know, I tell salespeople all the time when they make phone calls, smile when you're talking on the phone. Because I'll be honest with you, you can hear somebody smiling on the other end. It just really helps your attitude, but it helps the attitude of the person listening to you on the other end of the phone. So start your day by smiling in the mirror. You know, share your smile with other people during the day. I, I really practice this. I go into a store. I go into the gas station. I go into a restaurant. I really try to meet people with a smile. The other thing that you can do is dress for success and a positive attitude. Exercise daily. Get some exercise in. It makes you feel better. It gives you a better better uh, attitude. It gives you a better attitude about life, about your person. Uh, why don't you focus on the future and not the past? Look, you can't do anything about your past. You can't do a thing. But you can do something about your future. So start developing these things, and that'll help you increase a po- increase, and develop your positive attitude. The other thing that you can do is believe in yourself and I'm not going to take the time to get into that. But if you struggle with that, there's lots and lots of material out there. I encourage you to read self-help books. I've always shared with you the importance of having a growth plan for your life personally. And find those things in your life. If you struggle with attitude, I gave a couple of books on attitude to to somebody that is a very, very special person in my life because they had struggled with attitude. And that book, they said, has changed their complete outlook on life. That's what you want to do with your attitude, because it will. It'll give you a better outlook. Begin to speak positively. You know, uh, somebody said, well, I feel horrible. And the other person said, well, you know, you ought to to say things more positive. And the person looked at him and said, okay, I'm positive I feel horrible. Well, that's not what I mean when I say speak positively. I mean actually be positive. Uh, in how you speak, how you speak to people, and uh, what you're you're doing. Uh, And then practice positive thinking. Um, You know, reward yourself for accomplishments from time to time. We don't do that enough. You know, when you have accomplishment, reward yourself. Do something special. You know, uh, practice a life of gratitude. You know, be grateful. Just practice that life of gratitude. I'm telling you, it'll really help turn your attitude around. Here's another wisdom seed. Your attitude can determine your success. Let me say it again. Your attitude can determine your success. I've never known very many people to be successful and just have a bad attitude. It just doesn't happen. And and here are just a few things that I've learned about the importance of attitude. Like enthusiasm, your attitude is contagious. Contagious. Here's another one. You will change your attitude when you decide you really want to. Your attitude will either help you or hurt you. Your attitude is more important to your success than your gifts, your talents, and your abilities. The world around you will change once your attitude changes. And then what you allow your mind to think on determines your attitude. Look at Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. He says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So what you allow your mind to think on determines your attitude. Now, your attitude can either attract people, the right people in your life, or it'll repel the right people in your life. Because if you've got a good attitude, you attract people who have a good attitude, and that's who you want to be a part of your life. Now, your attitude can help determine the level of favor that you receive, not only from the Lord, but from other people. Your attitude... Um, will never change until you see the benefits that your attitude will bring. That your change, you know, once you change that attitude, if you can't see the benefits of having a positive attitude, you'll never change your attitude. Now, you've got to examine and adjust your attitude on a regular basis. I mean, listen, I'm not going to tell you that there's not days when I have a really bad attitude. Happened to me the other day. And somebody sent me a meme, and texted me a meme, and it was really kind of funny. And I sent him a text back, and I said, "Hey, I needed that. I, I just kind of had a bad attitude, you know, for a couple of hours, and I needed to shake it off." So, you know, you've got to be willing to recognize that sometimes you're just you, you gotta, you're gonna have a bad attitude. You gotta adjust it every day, on a regular basis. Your attitude can be controlled. By your emotions, or your emotions can be controlled by your attitude. Let me say that again. I used to teach this when I was a pastor. Your attitude can be controlled by your emotions, or your emotions can be controlled by your attitude. Here's another thing my attitude towards others will determine their attitude towards me. That is huge. That's huge. Here's a wisdom seed wrong focus creates wrong attitudes. If you're focused on the wrong thing, you're going to have the wrong attitude. And lastly, your attitude can and should be an inspiration to those you lead and those around you. In Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, it says, And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And Joshua inspired the people because of the way he lived, the way he led. And he inspired the people to turn from idols and false gods to serve the one true and living God. He did that because he was leading by example. And as a leader, you will either let other people's attitude affect and change your attitude, or you will decide to affect and change other people's attitudes with yours. As a leader, you will experience a wide range of attitudes possessed by your employees on any given day. Train yourself to protect your attitude. So if you're going to lead by example... That first thing you've got to lead by is your attitude. The second thing I would say that you need to be an, uh, a leader in and to lead by example is in being organized or organization. A disorganized office is a sign of a disorganized mind. I mean, I really believe that, and I've, I've had to struggle with that at times. Disorganization causes you to be less effective and less productive, With all of the technology, the smartphone apps and software on the market, there's really no reason for being disorganized anymore. And I'll encourage every single one of you that are listening to this podcast to purchase a book called Getting Things Done. It really changed my work life, and it helped me uh, to be much more efficient and effective and to get a whole lot more done during the day than I ever had before. So let me say this about being uh, organized: You don't have to be a natural. I'll be honest. When I first got into the business world, I was not naturally an organized person. But I had to learn to be organized. I had to learn, and I, I just—I'll share this wisdom seed with you. Being organized can be learned. Being organized can be learned. Being organized eliminates stress and agitation. Uh, If you're organized, it helps you to prevent errors. Uh, If you're organized, it will require you to make tough decisions, but when you make those tough decisions, you'll find out that you've become more efficient and more effective. You know, I I have a new... uh, 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 operations manager, uh, in the division that I, that I run. And he is really good about being organized. And I, I watch him in amazement sometimes because at one point I was heavily involved on the operations side. That's not my forte. That's not, you know, that's not necessarily what my gifts are, but it's something I had to do for a period of time. And, um, you know, I, I just wasn't naturally organized. This guy is naturally organized, but he's taught himself how to do this, and he's got great experience on the operations side. But he's had to make tough decisions, and to to make those. Once you make those tough decisions, it really helps things run smoothly. You become more efficient. You have less errors. So don't be overly critical of yourself if you lack some natural abilities and talents to be an organized person. Becoming organized is just going to require you to be disciplined. I mean, that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to discipline yourself to make sure that you're organized. If you're not operating off a to-do list, and I would encourage you to get an app uh, or something on your smart device, that way it's always with you. My cell phone is by the bed all the time. And there are times that I wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning with 2 or 3 thoughts And I don't want to forget those thoughts. I'll pull my phone out, and I know, you know, it lights up, and my wife wakes up. What are you doing? She doesn't even ask anymore. She knows. And uh, I just type that in. Then I can relax and go back to sleep and not worry about it because now I know it's going to get done. It's on my list. I encourage you, work off of a to-do list. Now, follow these important steps if you're going to keep organized. First, use schedules and deadlines. Give yourself deadlines to get things done. I like to try to get the the hardest things done first. Doesn't always work out that way, but I I, I like to try to get those done and out of the way. But you got to use a schedule and you've got to have deadlines on those schedules. Keep good notes. I you know, the one thing I've I've always tried to get away from handwritten notes and and things like that, but you know, and try to be digital, but To be honest, I like to have a notebook that I have in my office, in my briefcase. It goes with me wherever I go. And I use it kind of as as a diary of things that I had to do so that I can refer back to that and say, oh, yeah, I remember I did that on this date. And And I date each page so that I can go back and find maybe some important information or something that I wrote down. So I still have some written notes, but keep good notes. The other thing is, is you've got to declutter regularly. You you, you can't do it once a year. Uh, you know, I typically, at the end of the week, I'll get in there and my desk will be nice and straight uh, and ready for Monday morning. So you just have to declutter on a regular basis. And then the next thing, I encourage you to develop processes and systems. Processes and systems are one of the greatest things you could ever develop, and I encourage you to do that. Um and then learn to prioritize. Um, you know, you've got to have that opportunity in front of you to look at those things. That's why I say work off a to do list. Work off that to do list and then go down through there and prioritize. If you want to number them, color code them, give them letters, however you want to do it, that's up to you. But let me encourage you make sure that you're prioritizing that list. Now there's going to be times when you have a list and you work off of that list for 2 3 days and then all of a sudden you get away from it. Go back to it. It's okay if you fail, but don't just, you know, continue in that failure. Change, go back to it. Make sure you're working off your your to-do list again and continue to do that each and every day. I'm telling you, you'll feel more productive. You'll feel more efficient in what you're doing. You'll feel like you're not making as many mistakes because you've got things really organized. So even if you're not organized naturally, begin to work through that in your own personal life. Get some books on it. Like I said, Getting Things Done is a great book. I encourage you to get that and read that. But Anyway, try to try to get organized. So today, in the, uh, in today's podcast, we talked about leading by example, and these two areas we talked about attitude, and we talked about uh, being organized. In the next episode. I'm going to continue this, and we're going to talk about a few more things that you need to lead by example. But that's all we have time for in today's broadcast, so be sure to tune in next week for part two of Multiplying Yourself Through Leading by Example. Until then, remember, Jesus is Lord, and he wants you.